Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M. And we're dedicated to helping entrepreneurs improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Well, we got a little story for you, Ags. David Trigg, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2015, is the CEO and founder of Homer, a company that's creating an entirely new service category and strives to be the Amazon Prime of home ownership. David's passion, tenacity, grit, and attention to being a concierge for all homeowners has laid the foundation for companies that I'm sure all of us are going to be clients of. So pass it back and listen up to David as he shares some really good bones. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us on this, this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We are excited to, to learn from you and to hear your story. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself, your entrepreneur journey. Where did it start? Where are you now? Yeah. I mean, my name is David Trigg. I was a class of 2000 Texas A&M Corps of Cadets member. I was in Challenger 17. And man, I, I just loved A&M. I was the kind of guy who joined every single organization I could because I got really wrapped up in you know the selfless service aspect of what Texas A&M student organizations do, right? There are so many on campus, you know, and they're all student-led and all student-run. It makes you A&M a really unique place in that way. And when you start you know, having as much fun as I did doing all these organizations, you learn, you love solving complex problems. And so I met all these interesting people and I, I was like, hey, reps, 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 how can I get more of these reps? How can I dive in? And ultimately decided to join EY Parthon as a consultant straight out of college. And I solved more complex problems there. And I met more interesting people and I, I led really interesting teams that showed me that there was a lot of ways to slice an apple, right? You can peel the skin, you can cut it into cubes or, or quarters. But at the end of the day, there's always a path with a competent, diverse, interesting team. And that was so much fun. Like I, I really found my passion for building teams and, and generating that type of stuff. And as I was going through my consulting journey and doing M&A for large transactions, I started really wondering, what is a hard problem that still exists today that I could go solve. And that's where I landed on, gosh, it's 2023 and homeownership kind of sucks, <laughs> right? Like you guys own a house, right? Uh, yep. You probably have yep. one or two things on the to-do list that just seem About to 20. not be able to get done. <laughs> 200. You know, 20, yeah, 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And, and like, that's common for everybody. And so when you find a problem like that, if you're like me, you start getting obsessed on why it hasn't been solved before. And that's what led me to help, right? We wanted to go fix home ownership. And so now we service our clients and, and do every single service on the planet. We are a full-time concierge for their house to make sure they enjoy their life while we take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's pretty cool. So I want to dig a little bit into that. Like, What, what exactly does that mean, being a concierge for your house? What, what does that mean? What, it doesn't really exist. And my friends always joke that David is the only person on the planet who would go door to door to sell a product that doesn't actually exist. And it's true. There, <laughs> there really isn't a category for it, right? Only an Aggie would make up some service and then say, oh, I'm going to go sell it door to door. That, that, really, that's like the, that is the beginning of a very, very not good Aggie joke, but a yell leader will tell it and we will all laugh. And the fable was simple. It, to put it into Aggie speak was, hey, why is there not an Amazon Prime for home ownership? It's actually a pretty easy thing to think about. There's too many use cases. My painter operates differently than my lawn guy. My plumber has different <clears throat> needs. 
then my air tripping conditioning guy and the remodeler quote is so violently different depending on who you're using. And so there's so many use cases. And so with technology, if you're, if you're in technology, you recognize that your user story and your use case is everything. But if you're solving a problem with 2,000 of them, you can almost never get off the ground. It'll never happen. The app you built won't be good enough. You'll waste a bunch of money on technology. And so I have no coding experience. So I went the simple, simple Aggie way of, oh, here's what I'll do. I will just simply have them text me for everything. I'll give them a phone number. And with that phone number, they can text me for everything they need at any time of day, 24-7. Uh, what I didn't really know at the time is like when you give somebody that power, uh, they might just use it. They use it. <laughs> so so that that's not what Homer is today. It's it's not a tech service. It so, is so. what Homer is today. Oh, okay. It, re- so, it remains so. that way. It's, it's, it remains the heart of Homer. We, it, at first, it was just the path to learn. And then what we realized is, why can't we build a technology company that's as easy as simply texting your dad? Like, what, what's the limit there? Right? Technology, in theory, is, is meant to accelerate, prioritize, make smarter decisions. But if the greatest super app on the planet is actually just Apple's iPhone text messaging service, then why don't we just use that? And that and that's where a lot of our, our perspective was shaped by how users use us. Hey, can I ask you for help? Hey, what do you think of this photo of some you know leak on my ceiling? Where do I go? Yeah. And, and you get this intimate connection with these customers and clients and local businesses uh-huh. where you would never catch that in a fill out this form as a service request for my maintenance. And so now where we're going is we're keeping this entire aspect of the concierge alive. We're never going to release it because it allows us to serve our users in a really powerful way. And we have intimate extremely, way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, intimate. Intimate's the, the word we use often, right? And, and we believe marketplaces, especially digital ones, operate the speed of trust. So even when I'm not going to fix contractors, right? Contractors have a really hard job. They have faced labor shortages, material shortages, and also different clients at different times, and they may or may not be trained enough to handle. But what I can do is I can fix your experience dealing with contractors, where I can chase them down for the quote they didn't send. I can check in on them to see when they're going to get finished with that project, or I can follow up with them if they're not going to make it. I can get you a backup plumber to serve your need. And so now where we're shifting is keeping that intimacy, all those use cases, but we're building a technology platform, which is a home management app where you can see all the services you're purchasing and see the total digital history of your home. And hey, what should I be doing this time of year? Oh, let me take a look. Do you want to do it? That'd be great. Do you want Homer to do it? Maybe that's a little bit better. Yeah, that is such a cool idea. Basically, if I'm if if I've hired y'all right as a service, and and by the way, what does this cost? Nine bucks a month. <laughs> that's it. Jeez. Yeah, it's nine bucks. And, right. and the and the reason is is like we want members to be part of a journey of solving an impossible problem. We do not have a perfect service. We are a young company. We yeah. own that aspect. That until our service is worth more, and, and many people have told us it's worth way more than nine dollars a month to them. But like the, the point of the yeah. service is like, hey, can you come do? Can we invite you to do home management, home ownership a different way? So nine dollars a month, and then we're yours for everything on the planet. And y'all, y'all do all the vendor or whatever uh, relationships and making sure the work gets done. Absolutely, yeah. The, the biggest, the most interesting wow. thing is the partner. We call them partners. So. Right. And we use very specific language. I worked at Chick-fil-A in high school. I worked at USAA as an intern. And I took two you know, powerful lessons from these companies. And then I worked at EY. I took three, three very specific lessons for each. At Chick-fil-A, unrelenting customer service. I would yeah. drive 100 sandwiches 45 minutes if a customer needed it because that's what needed to get done. And it didn't matter if we didn't make money on the job. It mattered that they had the product in their hand and they loved it. The money will come. 
service delivery and that customer service is, is the most powerful moment for them, the magic. Next thing I learned is like I worked at USAA and I, every single meeting started with the mission statement. So they would, every single meeting, Power First, PowerPoint slide, the mission statement, an unrelenting dedication to their members. They knew their customer better than anybody. They knew the problems those customers were facing because they were former service members. And so their mission was true to them and therefore they were able to execute it. It wasn't a fake mission statement. It wasn't made up. It was true to them. So they were best at executing. And then I you know, came to UI and I was like, oh, wow, these guys are really, really good at building high performing teams of a diverse group of people that you would never think should solve a problem together, but they do it. This age, this demographic, this school background, oh, wow, they're actually really good at solving problems because of how many angles they can. And you know, I compiled that customer service and service delivery mm-hmm. attitude with this dedication to members and ultimately fueled by, oh, let's fight into tough problems in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so we use language like this, you know, all our homeowners are members of our platform. They're members. It's our privilege to serve. If you're not a member and you just need a one-off job, we call you a client. Now, you're not a customer with us. It's more than that. Homeownership should be more. It should be more than transactional. It should be relational. Definitely. On the local business yeah. side, like they've been called a vendor and a subcontractor their entire life. It hasn't improved their performance. All the data says they're more overworked and there's more issues than ever. Their net promoter scores are dropping. You're we're more frustrated with the tree guy than we've ever been. It's not even his fault. He's got too many trees to cut. Yeah. So we call yeah. them partners. We say, hey, we are partners with you. If you serve our members well, which are your customers, <clears throat> then we will help you grow your business. Your thoughtful, pragmatic referrals with people we like because we like you. And the better you do, the more money that comes your way. And the worse you do, we're, we may ask you not to be part of our country club. And yeah. that clicks for them. And the standard issues that we always hear is like, David, are they going to, why don't they go behind your back? Like, why don't they just go direct to customer? I've asked them. So I'm like, hey, why aren't you like just, this guy's a pretty big job. Like, why don't you just go? He's like, David, why would I ruin this relationship? Because I know if I serve this well, you will serve me well. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we built the company. Uh, like every home service company, we have huge problems, right? Uh, how do you manage appointments? Why is that quote so high? But we get more reps than anybody. We've completed 10,000 services this year. Wow. And so across every industry. So the bet that I'm willing to make is over time, I'm going to be able to solve more and more. I'm going to solve them faster and faster. So David, how are are you using technology? Because I mean... uh Again, I am not a technology guy, but when when you first started giving out that phone number, uh, maybe it was. Was it you calling and say, uh, I need someone to clean my gutters? So do you pick up the phone and call five gutters? That's, that's what I did. That's what so, I did. I, it was insanity. It was, it was, I, had a, I had a Google sheet with 25 vendors I thought people would ask for. By the way, totally wrong. They needed different things. But and, and I walked around the neighborhood saying, I get this locally vetted business of vendors. You, you pay me nine bucks a month, I'll take care of your life. And they're like, that seems too good to be true. I think you're going to have service quality issues. And they're like, me too, but don't worry. I, when I do... <laughs> it's nine bucks. It's yeah, nine yeah, bucks. Yeah. But when I do, I'm going to go after them aggressively and like just give me the chance to make it right. Because it just you just have to have that... Like in, home, in residential services, you have to understand that. It's a construction volume game. And you've got to pivot quick. So I had my own personal number. It was a terrible idea. And I would give it out to people. And then you'd tell me you need something. Oh, it was your own personal number. Yeah, I didn't think through this. I didn't think, (laughs) wow. It is like like legitimately one of the biggest mistakes I made early on of giving, of like not kind of recognizing the scale and size of the business nor the growth rate. And so I was like, oh, I'll just get my number out. MVP, right? I already had a phone number. So why why add an expense to the, the budget we didn't have? And so, and so I, my own personal number. 
and I would call these three gutter companies, say, hey, you know, customer Matt wants gutter cleaning. He's available Tuesday, Thursday for a quote. They'd say, here's the times available. I go back to Matt, say, Matt, which one do you want? Dave, two of the three I'm interested in. Quote it. Matt, here are your two quotes. Matt goes, Dave, schedule it. I schedule it. I get it done. I collect the payment. Matt, I say, Matt, are you 100% satisfied? Well, no, Dave. I really liked him, but he missed this little area. Hmm. Well, I think I can make the gutter guy come back. When And Matt may have a lower chance of making that happen. And the reason is because I have leverage. Gutter guy wants my next 10 houses. So I make that phone call and go, hey, man, you missed that corner of the gutter. He's like, Dave, I mean, come on, man. That's pretty small. I'm like, yeah, I know. You missed that corner. <laughs> you're you're being the jerk. I don't have to be the jerk anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And once again, it's, it's changing the language. I am not a jerk. Jerk. I am a partner in the growth of your business. Ooh, love it. Right. Yeah. And I am incentivized by you being great. So I can just tell everybody how awesome your gutter company is for our members. So give me more chances to do that so you can make more money. So let me ask, where where is this located? Is this like nationwide? Is this where where we are, are in located? Dallas, Texas right now? We're in D- DFW market. We we intend to expand in other cities in Texas in twenty twenty four. Okay. Awesome. So, so when, college when is station, college station? We have a just moved to college station. And they're like, Dave, are you coming down? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, listen, I care about service quality. It won't be great if I just show up for one house down there. Let, let me enter the market the right way. Let me get to know the network. Let me talk to local business leaders so we know who are the right companies to serve these types of members. Love it. Absolutely love it. So with all of this, right, and and there are challenges that that come with starting a, a obvious challenges like the phone number, but what other kind of challenges have you faced on on starting Homer and, and really starting to grow it? Well, there's a reason majority home service companies, especially tech companies, die. And it's, it's largely related to scalability. The cost to scale companies like this is extremely great. And then as you expand, there's the overwhelming issue of does service quality decrease? Mm-hmm. Now, we have been super thoughtful in our growth and have not been over eager. Part of that is because the concierge approach almost forces you to be practical. It almost forces you to be you know, pragmatic rather than like getting 100 users on your app and then trying to figure it out. But at the same time, it does really restrict how much jobs you're willing to take. And when you see a rise in, let's say, one week, for some reason, 10 of your partners all decided that they couldn't have to reschedule appointments they'd already set. That I don't care what happens. They got a flat their mom just passed away. You as the homeowner, I'm here to tell you, you're not that nice of a guy. You probably don't care because you've uplifted your life for this nine to 11. <clears throat> and so like when I see things like that in the data, our first response is, okay, like what's the real thing happening? Is this a partner service quality issue? Are they a repeat offender? Okay, go talk to mm-hmm. them. There's probably one of three things actually happen. Number one, they're probably oversold. It's always oversold. Number two, there's something they don't like about that customer and they haven't told anybody. That's all, like they've met them. They know him. They're mm-hmm. slow on the quote. And it's like, Dave, he just didn't treat me with respect on site. Great. Really wish you told me that about four weeks ago because I'm going to hound you for this quote. Now I know. Now I can repivot and speak with the customer and say, hey, let's get another provider out here. It's not a good fit. Right. And then like the, the third thing that happens is service quality issues. These are really complex challenges on very old homes, right? That the typical average age of the Northeast Dallas home is like 30 to 40 years old. Like that's, that's the young side in Lakewood and Lake Highlands and some of the areas we're in. And so you have these older homes where everybody's looking for the best deal. But at the same time, a lot of these vendors, you know, they, it's not like they have a history of working with 60-year-old materials. So is their solution the right solution? Does it work? You run into service quality issues. And so across this, right, timing to 
quote issuance, speed to quote, we call it, get that quote done quickly. And overall, like the delivery of the services are three challenges we face every day. So as, as you're building out this, this network of both homeowners and, and partners, which is more difficult to attract? Is, is it tougher to sell the homeowner? Or is it tougher to, to have quality partners? The sale of the product itself is, is very easy to sell to a uh, service provider. Right, you tell them, hey, I got like 400 homes and three zip codes. And they're like, what do you have? Like, sorry, what? (laughs) It's like, and all you got to do is serve them well, and I'll keep you there and I'll send you more business. And you'll be part of the network. And like for them, it's like a no brainer. Like, and they're like, are you like your name ex competitor and, you know, some kind of Legion platform? Like, no, I'm not going to charge you for that. I just want you to serve them well. You serve them well, we're going to be good. Fall by my rules. The, The problem with that is sourcing quality partners. Quality is a very difficult thing to ascertain before service. So we go through a quality mm-hmm. assurance check in the first couple of jobs to make sure these guys are legit. Like, like and, and, then, and is that check like you're real? I mean, you're there. Re- being there. very intentional, nitpicking, okay. and you're on site. You're on walking site. through, see yeah. everything. Yeah. So how do they talk to the customer? You know, what are they wearing? What's the quoting process look like? What's the truck look like? You know, we're, we're just getting a sense. And listen, not to say that a elect- local electrician in a beat up truck isn't one of our best partners. He is. There's like a hundred data points we're looking at to confirm or deny entry to the network. Now, in terms of once again, what's harder to get? It's homeowners because it's a product that doesn't exist. And so there's no relationship to it. You buy pest control services, there's a hundred options for you. And you're going to you're gonna buy it as you understand what it is. You know what they do. They spray, bugs die. And then therefore you don't see bugs. It's very, but like when I say, <clears> hey, <throat> you're going to have a concierge for your house, you genuinely don't know how to use it. You, I, get te- I still get texts from members who've been on the platform 12 months. They'll say like, hey, do you guys do this? The answer is always yes. Like we did piano tuning in January. So like, so the answer is always yes, we can find a way to get it done. And that's a hard thing to communicate. And then the second thing is, which I think it's super fair is I'm not going to fix contractors, right? So let's say one of the homeowner partners gets held up or like he's a little late at that appointment, which we hate and we work to fix. But at the end of the day, like it's going to happen. That's what happens. Now we feel like every other home service company. Now, how are you different? So Mm -hmm. our radical customer service approach are asking for forgiveness, the apology, the way we make it right is going to be the only differentiator between us and every other home service company we, they've interacted with. And so communicating those two points, really challenging to do mm-hmm. in digital marketing specifically. And uh, it's easier when you do order sales, but that's kind of hard to do in 170 degree heat. For sure. <laughs> As this entire summer has been. Okay. So yeah, I've got like a million questions. I mean, like, like, how do you do this? Like, how do you literally like, like, do you have one concierge to like a hundred homes? Do you have like, how does that physically work? Yeah, we, we do capacity restraints. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I, we, we have you know, a bunch of data that fuels our decision of, Hey, how many more partners do we need in this category? Based on the seasonality of the business, you know, we, we know that Christmas light season's coming up. You know, you're effectively behind the curve if you're not prepared by October because a lot of the pre-orders are happening now. So, right, how, how do we how do we manage that supply chain deeply? And then, you know, we we sort of have that on the on the operation side. We built a custom property management system that connects all of our members and our partners. And so we're, it's all custom built internally to our needs, our own supply chain, right? Of how things should fall in the order to give great experiences to both sides, right? To both sides. Many marketplaces make the mistake. They over-index on one side and then one side doesn't love the other and so you have a supply demand issue, right? So we really have to think through that, those kind of challenges. And then we over-invest in customer success, right? So we have account managers to give the customer a call. How are you feeling? We have um, US-based resourcing to make sure the operations work to connect with the partners. 
to ensure they're having good quality with project managers who can take a look and say, that's a bad GC job. We need to get a, you know, a, a more of an expert in here to solve XYZ problem. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, it's, it's super operationally heavy. And a lot of people would simply say, David, this is never going to be profitable. You will never scale this. We've heard it many, many times. My answer to that is the Amazon Prime homeownership will exist. We just don't know what form it will take. But we are confident in one thing that's going to happen. And our take is we're going to serve the ever-living heck out of both sides. And we are going to be effectively the admin for the local business and the personal assistant for the homeowner. And we will use technology that every day will decrease the cost basis, help us make charge decisions, mm-hmm. help us get better quality service delivery. And we're willing to make that bet because it's going to happen. Somebody's going to win this race. It's the natural next evolution of the service industry, mm-hmm. right? Products all have SKUs. Everything has a SKU. Everybody knows what a SKU is. Go to the store, mm-hmm. can of beans, there's a barcode. Kitchen remodels don't have SKUs. I'm here to say they should. There's enough wow. data out there that they should. I love your your analogy or the connection in. I'm sure you've said this to people. A lot of people don't realize that when Amazon, the most valuable company in the world, when Amazon went public, it was not profitable. It was losing money. Losing tons of money. Uber just became profitable a quarter ago, yeah. right? And, yeah. and, and that's the game. You know, I looked at the previous guests in this podcast, right? I, I like to be super clear. We are not a small business. We are not a mid-sized business. We are not a local business, right? We serve locally, but like go if you're if you're looking to start a company, don't start with technology. <laughs> like don't 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 I, I, because my chance of success is so supremely low in comparison to the guy who buys a multifamily complex and serves those tenants really well. Like tech startups and the business that I've chosen to serve in is a really, really high risk, high reward game with a low chance of success. And I have a great deal more respect, frankly, for these local business icons, titans of industry that have conversations about like profitability and good margin and not conversations about I have great tech and look at all this growth. So we, I'm a consultant, I try to bake some of those flavors in, those traditional values into the company. But it's also an acknowledgement that our key to winning is explosive, radical growth with a disruptive product offering. And that's a pretty big risk. And I like how you're saying that, you know, you're limiting how fast that you're you're expanding into different markets, right? So, So as you're talking about that, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, well, how do you break into a new market? Right? Do you do you go after homeowners first? Do you and build like a wait list? You know, with the expectation that we're gonna we're gonna vet out all of the the contractors in this area. What's the plan there? How do you break into College Station? When it comes to entering a market, right? I think that's the secret sauce. You know, my, my competitors would love to listen, uh, even if they were Texas grads, to Aggie Grow Tax <laughs> to figure out how does David plan to get to Austin. Right. Because home service companies traditionally struggle with scaling and tech companies always do. Right. So the way I look at it, you know, without revealing too much of the details, you don't really need a thousand customers on day one. You don't need a giant channel partner. You don't need, you know, in a B2C business where you're looking at consumers, you don't really want all that. Right. What you want is a hundred super users. And you need to find the simplest path to get to those guys. The simplest, by far, where do I find them, right? And you get those super users that are transacting, learning, loving the product. It is so much more valuable than a thousand people who may not even respect or understand or use your product well, right? So you you built this business for a thousand users or 700 of them don't actually 
use your business because you're a service business. It's not like selling Gatorade. And all this, and then there's 300 that you're doing a great job with, but you can't do a good job with them because you're dealing with the 700 who are bad users. So we really focus on the idea of manufacturing super users. You don't want a thousand bad customers. You want a hundred monsters that you love to serve and they love that you are serving them. So who are your super users? We love we love homeowners with kids. And maybe that's because I'm a homeowner with two kids under two and you know it genuinely sucks. So, so, so like maybe may, 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 this may, is real people. Yeah, like, yes. I'm a, I, we I, we like real people, right? We we do really well with real people. Uh, we do really well with professionals, right? Dual income families, people who are in mid or upper management because they're used to having a staff, and we become that staff for the home. So mm-hmm. you know. Um, our sweet spot is easily age 30 to 50 with a couple kids, but but our demographics are all over the board. You know, my first customer is 96 years old, 97 as of last week. And, you know, she uh, she's had a few broken pipes and we fixed every single one of them. So, David, this is th- this episode is going to drop towards the end of the year. So as you're growing, I mean, you, you're in a very fast growth, not only from the front of the house, but from the back of the house side. What what are some things that are coming up in the next six months, next year that that we can really look to Homer to be, okay, this is exciting. This is the next evolution forward. Yeah. I, I, I think we're going to bring three things to the market that have, have truly never been blocked. And we're really excited about it. So as much as I joke that we're still a tech, a tech service, right? we are going to convert this service company to a technology company. And that technology company is going to have an app for our our homeowners, and the local businesses on our platform. And this is going to help them. You know, I'm not adding a bunch of junk or tech to their lives they don't need. I, I'm going to help them manage their requests better. Homeowners are going to be able to see everything and the status of where their lives are, right? And local businesses are going to be able to respond quicker to requests and understand who they're serving and the scope in which they're serving. So they'll be able to quote faster, right? We're, we're, we build technology for real problems that actually exist. And we know when you have too many requests, that's a problem for a homeowner and you like don't know where to go and you're searching. Mm-hmm. So that's a pain. We know searching through an email is no fun. So we're going to fix that part. And on the partner side, when should I send that quote? Am I behind? Did I, did I get to that yet? And when am I supposed to show up? That happens. So we're going to solve that too. So we're really excited about launching you know, this home management platform for the, our homeowners and then this you know, service business platform to manage all of their requests coming from home or at a local level. That, that's you know, number one. We're really excited about that. The, the second thing that we're really excited about is this knowledge platform we've created. Uh, where we are producing a lot of content. So we're starting to share all of our data for homeowners and for local businesses to make better decisions. Hey, what does a good roof even look like? How do you how do you know that you need new siding? Right. We have so many, so much data at this point. The second thing we're really excited about is share. Hey, I got 10,000 services completed this year. I might know something, maybe not all of it, that we can share with each side here. Mm-hmm. And so you guys will see our website really start powering up and, and a lot of our social media channels sharing content we hope is used for homeowners and local businesses to make decisions. Love and that. you know, third thing we're pumped about is we're gonna go take other markets. It's time, right? It's time it's time to to bring this product and, and invite people to do home ownership a different way. Love it. Absolutely love that. And that that brings us right to our the big question here, right? We talk about this on every single one of the Aggie Growth Hack, you know, episodes and it's what is your big, hairy, audacious goal, right? What is your t- five to 10 year moonshot? What, where do you want to be as a visionary of your company in five to 10 years? The home service industry is, a, is an emotional gang. With, with, you're serving people in the place they call home. 
commercial construction is easier because nobody's in love with a warehouse. They have children in these homes. They mark the wall on how, how tall they are. Like, that's my customer. And what I would love, you know, for our, our tombstone to read, right? As, as you know, and, and like the business will never die, but the, the final note is that thousands upon thousands of local businesses not only grew on Homer, but were started on Homer. Mm-hmm. That they came to Homer to build a landscaping company. That they came to Homer to you know serve, find a way to serve people in the way that Chick Fil A and USAA and EY serve and solve problems. And these great companies, great painters, these great remodelers, can use our platform to start companies and drive local and state economies. Right? Like we are starting on the demand side because that's where the pain is. But we only win if our partners remain high quality and better after they met us. And, and with that, right, with that, we believe that on the homeowners, what we give you is something you've never had, which is the Carfax for your house. Where now, that'd be pretty because cool. Because you yeah, work yeah. with great people and you know more about your home and you know what to take care of, you have a digital scorecard that tells you when to clean those gutters. And the reason you love doing it so much is that major insurance companies decrease their premium for you because now we know you've been a good homeowner and you get a reward. There isn't a way to know if we are good at taking care of our assets. And even if we thought we would, no one's giving us a reward for doing so. But I'm pretty confident that giant insurance companies, because I spoke with many of them, would really love it if homeowners checked their roof more often because they would save them a lot of money on that giant water leak. And I think Homer has a path if we build enough awesome companies to give home homeowners that opportunity to improve their asset mm-hmm. and ultimately improve their lives. David, what a goal. I, I love that. And I love how that is is very audacious in not only its scope, but its breadth, who you're going to reach, the, the impact and how deep that's going to be. So I cannot wait to see Homer as it grows and it expands in, into, and not only into College Station, but a, a, across the nation, across the world. So that's thank you for sharing with that with us. We're going to pause right now. We're going to roll into lo- our lightning round. But before we do, we'll have a message from this episode sponsor. Okay, we're back. So lightning round, David, one, a- one simple rule, answer each question, 30 seconds or less. What is your favorite personal hack, book, podcast, whatever? Oh, I think The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni is a must read. Absolute must read. Super simple. Great to understand. You will find uh, very quickly your blind spots and can build from there. <laughs> Love it. All right. So next question, what is your favorite business hack, book, podcast, whatever? Man, I read a lot. I read a lot. I, uh, I find that LinkedIn and Twitter have become inspirational access to brilliant people I respect. If you spend time cultivating your social media in a way that it feeds your goals and your ambitions, I, I think you get a really good experience and a lot less noise. And so I, I've really spent time focusing on who do I want to be listening to? Who do I want to be reading? And treat that almost like as a digital mentorship network, right? And and that's been interesting. Uh, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. What's the best bit of advice you've been given and how have you applied it? Fail fast, fail fast. That's easily just fail fast, more than likely your first solution is not the right answer. And, and as a result, we, we've taken that to be a cultural norm at Homer to be in love with the problem and have no ego about your solution. Change everything if you don't think it's working and just stay, remain in love with the problem. That, that's really driven everything we do. Love it. 
David, how can the Aggie Growth Hacks family get in touch with you and how can we support you and encourage you moving forward? Well, we are, we are always reachable at david at homer.io. And uh, although I will not be giving out my personal cell phone number on the line this time, <laughs> uh, learn my lesson. Uh, but, but if you email me, you'll probably get it. Um, and so d- david at homer.io, you know, the ways the Aggie Network can help, right? Number one, hey, if you're interested in the problem we're solving, email me. We're always hiring. We're always looking for partners, whether it's consulting or other things. But if, if you have a specific lens into this problem and you're like, I want to solve it and I want to solve it this way, I am pretty easy to email and I will hire you. You know, it, it, it's that's what I look for. People who are obsessed with the problem. It's a lot of work. And I think the second thing the Aggie Network can really do is, um, you know, support local businesses, whether it's mine or not. Mm-hmm. Right to support Aggie businesses, support local businesses. It, it changes a business's trajectory, like by a simple reposting of something they've said. It's alarming how much money we spend on producing content, and how little is shared, and then how much of an impact it is. So, if you're an Aggie or you're a member of your community, just share and repost some stuff. It doesn't mean that you're like you know the acolyte. It just means that you're supporting them. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your outlook, your passion, your creativity to, to make a market that didn't, uh, or to, to to service a market that no one even realized they needed servicing. Uh, we really appreciate you. Excited to see what you and your team are going to do. Thanks for joining us on Aggie Growth Hacks. Cheers. Giggum. Well, how about that, Ags? Was that pretty cool or what? I know that I had a lot of takeaways from that. I, I wrote down a whole page of notes from everything that he was talking about. What was your biggest takeaway there, Greg? Well, one of the things that we've heard from a couple entrepreneurs, and I guess a lot of entrepreneurs serve more than one customer. And he's very open how he he has to balance not only serving his members, the, the homeowners that are actually doing, that they're being the concierge for, but also he has to also serve his partners, the vendors, to be able to have that dynamic. And then and most of the time, those things align. But whenever there's wherever there's friction, Homer is literally right in the middle of that. And so he is building a company that has to be aware of both ends of the spectrum of who they serve, and to be able to say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna support and we're gonna help everyone because it is by the members having the best experience ever that they're gonna be successful, and it's by having the partners have the best experience ever and get repeated business. It's a self-policing cycle that really makes it very contagious to be able to have all everyone's um, everyone's needs and desires and wants aligned. And to be able to do that at scale, I mean, I'm super excited. We didn't nerd te- out too much on the technology side of it, but I can't wait to see his app roll out. I can't wait to see the uh, the website to really kind of start clicking and feeling. And I can't wait for it to, to actually show up in College Station. We've heard a couple entrepreneurs talk about that, but he just quantified it in such a really unique way. Uh, I loved it. What about you? I guess my biggest takeaway really is is that when we got to the BHAG, when we got to talking about you know where his vision is for the company and where he wants to be his big, hairy, audacious goal, he talked about things that weren't related to company growth or to money, which is typical of what when you talk to entrepreneurs and they say, where do you want to be in five to 10 years? Well, I don't know, $10 million or 20 million or whatever that it is, right? And he didn't talk about that at all, right? He talked about how he wants to affect lives because that's essentially what he's doing. He's he's helping both the homeowners and the home service professionals, right? Mm-hmm. And he knows that he can help both sides, but he's really, at the end of the day, really helping to grow those businesses, right? Mm-hmm. For home services and, and really 
helping them get better and be better, right? Because it's it's holding them accountable, right? And they can't show up with plumber's crack and show up 10 days late for something or, mm-hmm. or you know, not give you a quote for 30 days or something like that. He's holding them accountable. So it's making them better making the and making their businesses better. Really when it came down to it, it wasn't about money or company growth. It was all about mm-hmm. how he wants to affect lives. So I thought that was pretty cool. I agree a hundred percent. And whether you whether you're like it or love it or don't like it, Amazon has infected and impacted yeah. billions of lives. Yeah. And for him to be able to say, I want to be able to do that same thing from a homeowner's perspective. Uh, again, seriously, David, you need to hurry up and get down to the college station because I'm like the most un around the house type guy there is. So I'm definitely going to sign up and and I, I will be a client. Absolutely. Same here. Well, Axe, that's going to do it for this amazing episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that you uh, laughed with us along with with David. Uh, If you're not connected with him, make sure that you connect with him. And if you're not connected with Aggie Growth Hacks, come on. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, wherever wherever we are. Make sure that you give a big gigum thumbs up on this episode on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And we would appreciate if you just give us a review and share it so that we can tell more ags about these amazing entrepreneurs. We want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a wantrepreneur, head over to their website to find a program that's right for you. Just go to aggiegrowthhacks.com forward slash McFerrin. Well, Ags, join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig'em.